Welcome to the Where Is Job podcast. I am Memphis X. It is January 15, 2020. And today we will discuss the ceiling of the 2019-2020 Memphis Grizzlies. How far can the Grizzlies get this year? Where is job? Here is Moran turning on the burners. Oh my! Wow! What a ridiculous finish from job Moran. Where is job? Moran. Down the lane, lays it up, and it is! Holy cow! With seven tenths of a second, John Morant! Where is John? Morant with a running start, elevate, oh, it ducks! Oh my goodness, John Morant! What's up, fellow Grizzly fans? It is, like I said, January 15th, and last night was probably one of the most iconic wins in the Memphis Grizzlies' entire history. And I know we've had some playoff wins and things like that. We've gone to the Western Conference Finals. Um, We've had a plethora of regular season wins that were big wins or, you know, that really set their mark on you as a fan or as on the franchise as a whole, as far as it's standing in the NBA. But for somebody like me, I think last night was probably the most iconic win in Memphis history. And the reason why I say this, it had a lot of factors going against it, going forward. We had Memphis in the playoff push, unexpectedly we had a national tv game on nba tv and the memphis grizzlies were facing a traditionally good team across the nba with a traditionally good player a former mvp a guy who's the leading scorer in the nba at this moment one of the best scorers in nba history and this player started off hot and the Grizzlies started off in a hole, and the Grizzlies came back. The Grizzlies built up a lead. The Grizzlies lost their lead, and the Grizzlies put their foot on the gas at the end, in the fourth quarter to seal the victory. And not only do you have that from the team perspective, then you have all of the highlight reel plays made by John ja Morant all of the signature defensive plays made by Dylan Brooks and uh, DeAnthony Melton, and even uh, Grayson Allen was playing some real good defense on James Harden last night. There was just so much. And then you also had the added effect that it was kind of a quiet night in the NBA. So the talk of the NBA was basically the Memphis Grizzlies. And this thing has been building up. The Grizzlies had that that 500 December where we kind of got, you know, a little bit peaky, you know, into like, Hey, look, we're so close to the eighth spot. And, but only really Memphis Grizzlies fans were paying attention in at that point. And then you got the win streak started. And then, you know, when the Grizzlies, when you pop up in January in eighth place, people start to take you seriously because a lot of times 
a lot of for a lot of people in the NBA, the real season doesn't start until after the Christmas games come on. The real NBA season doesn't start until after college football winds down and NFL starts to wind down, you know, and you get you get the NFL playoffs and, you know, a lot of NFL fans teams have been eliminated from the playoffs. So they get to they have to pay attention to another sport and they usually pay attention to the NBA. Uh, College basketball isn't that exciting this year. There are no signature you know, prospects in college basketball. There's no signature team in college basketball this year. So basically you've had a perfect storm for the Memphis Grizzlies to grab the attention of NBA basketball last night. And not only did the Memphis Grizzlies grab the attention, they grabbed it by the horns and they wrestled that thing down to the ground. And it's looking like, you know, everybody is just, Real excited about not only the future of the Grizzlies, but the future of Ja Morant, the future of Jaron Jackson, the future of Dylan Brooks. Uh, you even have a, a very big DeAnthony Melton Hyde on Twitter, you know. So you have a lot of things going on. And this is it, it's it's like somebody put out a, a tweet about how Grizzlies are built to be, you know, NBA Twitter's favorite team because of all the things that they have going for it. And the one thing you even have going for it to pull even college fans in is you have Grayson Allen on the team performing well, who all college basketball fans for the last decade are probably really familiar with Grayson Allen, one of the best players in, I mean, let's, let's go ahead and be honest. He's one of the best players in college basketball history. Uh, He stayed four years at Duke, had a lot of success. So, Whatever you think about him as a player or as a person with all the antics he does, you have to remember that he's still one of the best players in college basketball history. So all this has led to people. I mean, you have all the the ESPN talk show rounds are going out or have the Memphis Grizzlies high in the, you know, rotation is today. And things are just really looking up for Memphis. So I wanted to thank about how far can this actual tennis team actually get this season? I mean, we're all excited. We're trying, I know I am and everybody else is trying to keep their expectations down for the Grizzlies. Um, You know, I had no expectations going into the season. I thought we'd be the worst or second worst team in the West. Um, I didn't think we had a chance for the playoffs, even thinking about the playoffs, especially at this point in the season. I really did not think John Morant was going to be this good this soon. I thought he had a potential to be this good later on, but he is this good this soon. And I mean, as high as I am about John Morant's future, some other people are just as high. John Morant, I'm saying this right now, he's going to be an MVP in this league. Whoa. No, he's going to be an MVP in this league and he's going to be arguably the best player in the game. As you can see, Tracy McGrady has a very, very, very high opinion of John Morant. And I was even thinking about it today uh, when I was on Twitter and people had all these polls about which guard would you take. They had Trey Young, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Luka Doncic along with uh, John Morant. And they were talking about which guard would you take to start your team. And, you know, I had to really think about it because as much – and you got – I really love Trey 
Young coming out last year, and I really love Luka Doncic coming out. And I even thought, you know, Shea Gilgis-Alexander was very underrated last year coming out. So all these choices are good. There really isn't a wrong choice, and I'm very sure every fan base of these teams are very happy with their guy. Now, I think the question with John Morant comes down to, would you tr- would you rather have John Morant and Luka Doncic or Luka Doncic to start your team? And really, I think, to me, it's a toss-up because it's still very hard for me to quantify how good John Morant can be at this point because every time I try to put him in a box, he breaks out of that box and just does something and performs a lot better. Like if you were watching last night's game versus Houston, James Harden came out blazing, blazing, just draining step back threes and people's grill. I mean, over good defense, getting to the line, um, you know, he just had it going. I think he had like 11 or 13 points in like the first five minutes or something ridiculous. But then you saw a peak of what John Morant did the game before. When the Grizzlies started off slow offensively, John Morant just start, took it upon himself to take up the scoring load. And he went to the hole every time. He was going to the hole and he was going hard to the hole and he was scoring. And really, Houston had nobody that could check him. And it got to the point where Houston started getting in foul trouble trying to check him. And then the rest of the Grizzlies came along for the ride. And once that avalanche started going and they started getting JV off and Jaron started hitting shots, Dylan started hitting shots, the bench started coming in and pushing the pace. And it's just kind of snowballed for Houston after that. And if you notice the little rotation that Jenkins used in the game, um, he had John Morant play the whole fourth quarter for the first time, I think, all season. And this is probably John Morant's. And this lets you know that Taylor Jenkins has been really manipulating this roster, uh, you know, very, very, very succinctly. You know, he he's had his hands on this roster. And all the complaints I've had early season with his rotations and all this like this, when it came to a big game, his rotation was – superb so I really don't have any complaints about that and like I said when you talk about if John Moran can get to MVP level later that's something else that's for the future what we're talking about is what can John Moran do this year what can the Grizzlies do this year and I had the podcast the last podcast with can John Moran be an all-star and my conclusion was I don't think he can make the all-star game because he's not going to get voted in and I think the coaches are really reluctant to vote rookies in. So my thing was, what would John Moran have to do to be an all-star now that I'm thinking about it? And as you can see, when they were even on the jump today, they were kind of concluded that uh, he's not going to get the coaches' support, you know, because Luka didn't get it last year. But I'm thinking, what if the Grizzlies just keep freaking winning? I mean – you have to understand that over the last, what, month or so, the Grizzlies have been really destroying opponents. Even in the games that they lost, they have given up big double-digit leads, and they just didn't know how to close the game. But, and that was a lot, a little bit due to youth, 
and a little bit due to Taylor Jenkins' rotation, which is something to do with you because Taylor Jenkins is a young first-year coach. Now, there have been some adjustments made in this win streak to not only the rotation as a whole, but especially the closing lineup. And that rotation has most aptly been helped by the insertion of DeAnthony Melton in key situations. Now, not every game, because every game DeAnthony Melton has not been needed, but most games DeAnthony Melton has been closing, and in the games DeAnthony Melton has been closing, the Grizzlies have been winning going away. And, you know, when you got players like John Moran at 20, Jaron Jackson, 20 years old, DeAnthony Melton, 21, Dylan Brooks, 23, uh, Grayson Allen, I think, 23, um, Brandon Clark, 23. And then you have the the old vets like Jonas Valanciunas, who was just 27, Solomon Hill, who's just 28, and even um, uh, Jay Crowder is just 29. And you also have Tyus Jones, who's 23. So you have this ecosystem where all these young guys are improving basically game to game. They are getting better. Um you can see the comp, even though, you know, we joke about how crazy confident Dylan Brooks is, his confidence level is way, way higher than it was at the beginning of the year. He is not doing all the iffy stuff that he was doing, all the running in, you know, going on the break and trying to finish between three and four defenders all by himself, one on one on four, or one on three. He hadn't done that in like two or three weeks. That That is kind of fell out of his game. So it's very hard for me to quantify what can this team do. And just mentally for me as a fan, I have stopped looking down so much at the standings, at least past the Spurs. Um, I think the Spurs, and I want to start look. I started looking up towards, can we catch Oklahoma City? Another team that's playing real well. Another team that has an uh, interesting mix uh, veterans and young guys, and they have found what I would call their closing lineup with you know Chris Paul doing all the ball handling, and it has elevated them just like the Grizzlies finding their closing lineup has elevated us. And I think this is this goes back to the NBA as a whole. Most games are close in the fourth quarter, and the Grizzlies this year have had very few games where they were just totally outclassed. I mean, even in the Spurs loss, the Spurs, that's that's like one of those NBA, you know, crazy games after Matrix where a team is just freaking so hot or so on that there's nobody that's going to beat them that night. That night, it took the Spurs shooting lights out. And even in that game where the Spurs were shooting lights out, the Grizzlies still had a chance if the Spurs would have ever cooled off at all, and they just did. So I haven't really looked at the schedule as a whole. I've looked at the most recent schedule, and I see there's no reason that the Grizzlies can't get to 500 by the All-Star break, and that's crazy. And so people who are thinking that uh, less than 500 records is going to get you the A spot automatically. I'm not sure of that. I think you're going to need 41 wins or at least 39 wins to get that last spot. 
that would mean the Grizzlies would need 20 to 22 wins the rest of the, the second half of the season. That means going just 500 or basically a game under 500 the rest of the season. And, you know, they should be making the playoffs. So that puts pressure on everybody below them, especially to have a similar streak to them that they've had in the last mm, month uh, where they at least go on a five, six, seven game win streak. And that's going to be tough as the games get harder because you have a lot of teams. If you, you have a lot of players coming back for injury, you have Zion, you have um, the guys from Portland are coming back from injury. Um, There's even talk that uh, Steph Curry is going to be coming back from injury. So the teams that have the schedule with the guys where they have back-end games against teams that are going to be healthy that weren't healthy early in the year, um, you're going to have a different flow as far as their wins and losses goes. Things that look like uh, easy wins or competitive games now are going to be harder wins at the end of the season. Um I can't imagine that you're going to have some other teams like it looks like the Lakers are probably going to be the um, going to get the number one seed in the West. But you have other teams like you have the Rockets, the Jazz, uh, the Nuggets and the Clippers. That's four teams for three spots for home court advantage in first round. And I'm pretty sure each one of those teams are going to want that home court advantage. So there's going to be a lot of things that are going to go into the rest of the season. So as I'm sitting here right now, January 15th with the Grizzlies, I think three games under 500 right now in sitting in the A spot, 19 and 22 at the halfway point. I am going to say that the Grizzlies are going to top out at, man, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just, it's, so I took a little peek at the schedule, just if that was a little pause right there. And I see the Grizzlies topping out probably about 35-ish wins. And I know that's probably going to be disappointing for some people, but I don't really want to get my expectations too crazy up there as far as them being a 500 team. Um, I looked at the schedule. They have a lot of games with playoff teams, and I'm not. T- I'm talking about top six playoff teams. They have. Let's let, let's look. Let's look down the schedule, and we're going to see they have at Boston. Still left at Boston, Denver at home, at Dallas, at Philadelphia, uh, at Lakers, at Clippers at Rockets as a part of a four-game road trip. Uh, Then they have another game at Lakers. They have another game. No, they have another home game versus the Lakers. Then they have another away game with Dallas. Um, They have an away game with Utah, away game with San Antonio. That's a back-to-back with Oklahoma City. They have at Milwaukee, uh, home-and-home with New Orleans, then Boston, Let's look at this. Look at this. Uh, this run they're going to have in March. March fourteenth at Utah. March sixteenth at San Antonio. 
March 17th, home with Oklahoma City, March 19th at Milwaukee, 20, March 21st at New Orleans, I mean, home New Orleans, March 24th at New Orleans, March 25th, home Boston, 28th, home Toronto, 30th at Toronto. That's the end. That's March is going to be a hell month for the Grizzlies. And then in April, you close with I mean, New York at home, Dallas at home, at Portland, at Denver, Oklahoma City at home, and your last two games are 76ers at home and at Houston. Man, the schedule is not kind. So the Grizzlies really need to pile on wins in January and February because they have one of the hardest. I have. They, I have to imagine they have one of the hardest closing schedules in the NBA. So the Grizzlies have been relatively healthy, except for you know a few games missed from Jay Crowder and some other guys on the bench. But they've been relatively healthy. Um, so we have to factor in that they're going to have some injury concerns, you know, things like that. So thirty-five wins. That means they're going to go, what, 16 and 25 from here on out? That's 41. Yeah, 16 and 25, end up 35 and 47. Uh, that'll probably, I don't know what 538 predict, projects them at. I'll, I'll check that out. 538 uh, projects the Grizzlies to win. Let's see. 35 games. So 35 and 47 is their projection. And I guess that's why they make the big bucks in this prediction thing. So just my perusing of the schedule, it looks like they're going to be about at that. But listen, I, I would have said a month ago that they're going to top out at about 27, 26 wins. And it looked that way. So I'm just going to enjoy this ride. This is going to be one of the the most fun years we're going to have as Grizzly fans because collectively we have little to no expectations on this team and this group, and they're going to win enough. They're going to be exciting. They're going to have exciting plays. We're going to see the growth, and we can all have the visions in our head of future championship contention. Um, and even then, we have to remember – this is the NBA, man. You need luck. A lot of luck. We've had good luck so far with the drafts, uh, Jaron and Ja. We've had good luck in some trades recently. We've had good luck uh, getting off players at the right time with Mike Conley. And we've had, you know, good luck with players developing. We've had good luck with the coach. We've had good luck with getting the right GM at the right time. We've, we've, just, we've just been fortunate. So don't ever, you know, you know, take this, take these blessings for granted. Enjoy this season. This is going to be probably your best season where you, like I said, no expectations going into the season, uh, no expectations through the season, because next year we're going to have the mixed expectations. It's going to be hard to tell, you know, we can't tell right now about because the West is going to be terrifying next year. Uh, if you look at things, West is going to be terrifying next year. 
there will literally be, I think, next year in the West, 15 teams in the West that think they can, should, and will make the playoffs. And that's crazy. And this is just right now. So unless some other teams, some teams unexpectedly punt, and I can't see that happening uh, because the teams are young, but I think you're going to see the arms race in the West beginning this offseason or maybe this trade deadline because next season is going to be a war. The Grizzlies could be a better team next year and still miss the playoffs. That's how that's how good the West is going to be next year. So you look at the standings, enjoy the standings. It was so beautiful January 15th to look up in the standings and see the Grizzlies still in a spot. Um, so like I said, I'm Memphis X and I'll be podcasting. I don't have a set schedule yet. So I'll be just doing things when it comes to when I have ideas that come to my mind. And um this is one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, coming off that exciting win last night against Houston. Uh, the grindhouse was rocking, it looked like, on TV last night. I can't wait to get back to Memphis and sit in the stands with my fellow Grizzly fans. Um, so hopefully that'll be next month. And like I said, if you like this podcast, if you have some suggestions for this podcast, hit me up at Twitter. On you know, I'm on Twitter mostly at uh, where is John 901 You can hit me up on Twitter, ask me some questions. If you have some ideas for some shows or anything like that, just hit me up and I will be happy to get back with you uh, and make sure you share this, you know, like this podcast, wherever you're looking at it at, share it with your fellow Grizzly fans and just enjoy the rest of the day. Just remember, um, I think our next game is Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, you know, that was almost the site of a that was a t- site of an attempted homicide last time. Ja tried to murder Kevin Love. So I have a feeling that the Grizzlies are going to want to get that win back and they are going to be extra, extra motivated to make sure they get that win. And we have uh, Tennessee's own uh, Darius Garland uh, will be in the building. And he has been playing a lot better lately. A lot of people tried to write him off early in the season, but guy's been playing a lot better lately, and I'm happy for it. So it'll be good. I'm sure he's going to have a lot of people in the stands in our, you know, in the grindhouse. And I think John Morant's going to take that matchup pretty personally. So I will see you then. Remember, like, subscribe, and share this podcast. I am Memphis X. And I am out of here. Hey, 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 turn it off. Turn it off.